You are listening to the Lawyer Brit Podcast. This episode is about what my first virtual assistant did at my law firm, and you're going to learn not only what my first virtual assistant did, but what your first or second or maybe even third virtual assistant can do at your firm to not only make your life easier, but also increase your revenue, your income, and your ROI. Keep listening. You're listening to the Lawyer Brit Podcast. I started my law firm at just 28 years old, and a year later, the firm profited $1.78 million. In this podcast, I teach lawyers how to strategically launch and grow their law firms into multi-million dollar empires. If you don't already know the story, I launched my law firm October 1st, 2020 from my living room, just me. Three days later, I hired my first virtual assistant. And in my firm's first full year, so it'd be 2021, we did 1.78 million in revenue and grew to a team of 15, four of whom were virtual assistants. And I'm very open about the fact that I have virtual assistants on my team. I, I, I consider them part of our team as I would any attorney or paralegal, but people would consider them VAs. We'll get into that in a bit, but I get asked about virtual assistants and how do I hire them? And what do I have them do and how do I train them? I get, I get asked about virtual assistants like probably more than any other specific strategy. Why? Because people want to work less. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Either, you know, they're overwhelmed or they're trying to grow and you physically cannot wear every hat at some point, right? Because growing your business means more work, more clients, more help, more assistance, more work, right? And I realize that not everybody has the funds to hire a full-time person domestically or somebody even part-time. I know that I did not for a little bit after I started my law firm. And so virtual assistants are a incredible opportunity to find somebody who is cost-effective and can give you the help that you need so that you can continue to grow your business and not actually go insane. And I think people see the sexiness, the allure of hiring a VA, and they see that as a solution to, okay, I can, I can take some off my plate, or I can start on another project. But there's like a misconception about, about a lot of things, how to find them, how to pay them, but really mostly about what do I have them do? What, what are they supposed to do for me, right? Like they're, they're aware of the connection between working less, like having somebody to delegate to and having a cost-effective solution, but they're not exactly sure what they should be doing. So let me take you back to October 2020 when I hired my first virtual assistant. And this was days into starting my law firm because I started my law firm with the intention to grow it into a firm where I was not a solo and that it was a, a boutique firm where I had a team of people that were helping clients all together. So I posted a job on Upwork, seeking a virtual assistant who could work part-time at the time, because again, I had just started and there wasn't a ton to do, but I did want help with certain tasks. So it was part-time. I was looking for somebody primarily uh, abroad, specifically in the Philippines. Then I have another podcast episode on why I chose the Philippines and why that's a great place to find virtual assistants. But this was three days into launching my firm because, again, didn't want to do everything myself and wear all the hats. I wanted to focus on high ROI. I wanted to build a team and because it was cost effective, right? And when I posted that job posting, I already had an idea 
of what I wanted that person to do. I posted a job posting about, you know, hey, this is who I am. This is what we do. And here's what I'm looking for. Here's the skill set that I need. And you're probably thinking day three, like you hired somebody three days into starting your firm. What possibly could you need them for? Like, what is there to do on day three? Well, replicable admin tasks. Replicable admin tasks. That is something that you can push off your plate so soon and give to a virtual assistant who doesn't need a lot of experience or a big skill set. Something that you could teach them how to do that they can do over and over and over for you that you do not have to do that small thing. Even on day one or whatever day you are specifically on, let's say you're on day 100, you could hire a VA tomorrow and offload a significant amount of what admin work, background work you're doing that could take somebody that has a very low skill level and not your skill level, which is bringing on the client, doing the marketing, handling the actual client work. I'll say this, the less you're working in your business, the more you're working on your business. And I mean that to say that the more you are sending follow-up emails and inputting data, these things that a person of very low skill level could do, the less you are growing because the less you're marketing, the less you're bringing in the clients, the less you're doing the things with the greater return on investment of your time. So replicable admin tasks. So what does that mean, Britt? Let me give you an example. So Let's talk about your intake process. And yes, I'm saying process because I think processes are so important in law firms and it goes along with my signature framework, process, pitch people and profit. So process, let's talk about an intake process, right? So what does that look like? So a lead submits an inquiry, you know, I'd have to do the call, get on the call with them, sell them, send them the contract, either have them sign, or if they don't sign, I'd have to send a follow-up, call them to see if they have questions, right? Then once they send the contract back, I'd have to save it. I'd have to open and create the case file in our management system, save the documents they send me, get the documents from them that were missing, draft initial case docs, whatever that looks like, whatever we need for that, file if we need to file things, send letters if we need to send letters. That is a lot of work. That's a lot of work. I mean, that could be an hour, two hour, maybe even three hours, depending on how in-depth all of the documentation is. Picture this intake process instead. So the virtual assistant sees the inquiry email comes in and sets up the phone call. I do the call, I sell them, and then I tell the VA, hey, send the contract. They already send the contract. They know they're following up in two days if we haven't gotten a response. They know that they're saving and all the documentation, the contract, once we get it, they're opening and creating the case file in our management system. They're inputting all the data saving the documents, drafting any initial documents we need to send, you know, any, any letters, any litigation documents. They're filing once, you know, everything is approved. So now all I have to do is I have to do the call and then I have to review the documents. What is that? 30 minutes max? I mean, now I can spend the other two and a half hours I would have otherwise spent on things with higher ROIs marketing, intake calls, networking, setting up processes, things that only I can do. The sending of the contract and the following up and the inputting data, that's something anyone else can do. Not just me. It doesn't just take my skill set or my decision making. Do you see how this is like complete game changer is having this virtual assistant? 
So now that you see the power in having a virtual assistant actually perform tasks for you, let's go over what they actually can do. I have a list here, so we're going to go over this list to give you ideas of what these virtual assistants, you know, hire one, two, 20, what they can handle for you. And I will say that there are obviously different skill sets, right? I have virtual assistants who have been with us for years and now I trust them to do a lot in our business. Like I said, they're literally part of our team. Most people will consider them virtual assistants, but they are, they are literally part of my team. So, you know, now I trust them to do even more things. So let's start with the basics, right? Any virtual assistant can input data. That is like the simplest thing, I think, that you can have any team member do is just input data. They're not interfacing with clients. They're not doing anything on your back end, so any of your processes, procedures. They're really just taking data and inputting it. And as long as it's data that can be ascertained easily, so like birthdays and addresses and homes and policy numbers and whatever else, they can take that out of a document and put it into your case management system or any kind of data, really, you know, saving documents, that kind of thing. That's such a simple task that could take a long time just because it's nuanced and it's just one of those things that can take up a large chunk of your time. And you can offload that to somebody. So think to yourself, like, next time you are in your practice management software, think to yourself, is this something a virtual assistant can do? Am I actually putting something that's helpful or can I have someone else do this? And is there a way they can do it? And along with that is drafting documents from templates. Like, we have over 100 templates in our practice management software. And once the virtual assistant puts the data in, to the practice management software, we can use templates. And this is like pretty standard across, I think, all practice management softwares. Once the data is in there, you can use a template to draft a complaint or a letter or a notice or literally anything. You know, you just put in the correct merge field and the data is pulled and it's put into a template that you made. Yes, I realize that that only takes like whatever. Even if it takes 30 seconds, that's still 30 seconds you didn't have to do. And then the 30 seconds it takes to do one document and the next and the next and the next and the next. That all adds up, right? And then they can do a quick run through of that document to make sure that the correct information was auto-populated to where it needs to be, right? They can make sure the claim number's in the right place. They can make sure the client number's in the right place, right? And that's maybe another what, two minutes, you know? Now you're saying, oh, well, that's only two minutes, but I've said this before and I'll say it again. Even something that just takes you five minutes a day is still 30 hours a year. That's like almost a full work week. Consider that next time you're like, oh, I'll just do this for myself. I'll, 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 just, I'll just do this one thing. It doesn't take that much time. Um, Add it up over a year, it does take a lot of time, a lot of time away from what you could be doing for your business to grow or even enjoying yourself. So these little things start to add up over time. And on that note, drafting documents of templates, they can also send emails from templates. So we have our virtual assistants emailing clients. And a lot of the time, if it's something very simple that we send all the time, they're sending a template. So I'm not sitting there drafting up an email about, hey, this is what's happened to your case, or this is what we just filed. And my attorneys aren't doing that either. They're not sitting there like, hello, Mr. Smith, this we filed this thing today. No, 
this thing has been filed, the VA already knows once that's filed to send that email from a template. Super, super simple. And the same thing with following up. My example I gave earlier about following up on signed contracts, for example, we don't really do that anymore since we send contracts in the consult call. But back when we had the email contracts, my VAs knew they would go into our CRM and they would see, okay, this person hasn't signed, then it's been 48 hours, let's say. Let me follow up with them. And they send a template email and say, hey, you know, if you have any questions, I can schedule another call with Brittany, blah, 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 right? And some people would say, oh, oh, sorry, I forgot about this, or I was just getting to it. They sign, right? That's something that you didn't have to do. So now people are signing with your law firm and you didn't actually have to do anything except talk to them on the phone, right? I, I mean, that in and of itself is just the beginning of it all, right? Where you're not in the nuanced, you are literally handling the the big ticket items. Filing, of course, I mean, filing is so simple, right? Obviously, you want to make sure that documents are reviewed and approved, and that can be part of your process, right? Where if a document is drafted from a template, it needs to be reviewed by a paralegal or reviewed by an attorney before it can be filed. And as long as you get that approval, you can file it. I mean, that's, you know, if you do have a team or when you do have a team, I mean, I know for a fact that our paralegals are always happy that they don't have to file things because that does, it does take time, right? And like I said, even something that takes five minutes a day over a year, that's 30 hours. That's a, that's a lot of time, a lot of work, a lot of effort. So I know for a fact that our paralegals are so happy that when they draft something or when they get something approved from their attorney, they're just sending it to the virtual assistant to file, and then they don't have to work on it anymore. You could also have your virtual assistants verify information. So this is probably a little more advanced, not extremely, but slightly more advanced, right? Verifying that information is correct. So whether that's emailing back and forth with the client or looking at documentation to make sure that information in a specific place, whether it's on a a pleading or in a case management software or wherever, just double checking that things are correct, pulling data for you. So if your system is kind of lacking on being able to pull data efficiently, like how many cases have come from one referral source, things like that, you can ask your virtual assistant to go in and find that data and give it to you in a spreadsheet. These are things that could be enormously helpful for you. The last thing that I'll say that you can have a virtual assistant do, and caveat here, you can have a virtual assistant do absolutely anything. It doesn't have to be replicable, but that's just where I recommend that you start so that you can kind of build up trust and train somebody properly. But the last like kind of a higher level thing that you can have a brand new VA do, or if you're brand new to VAs that you can have them do is schedule events. We have virtual assistants that are scheduling like depots, mediations, big, big events, right? It's taken time for them to work themselves up to the point where they understand what's going on enough and they are experienced enough, just like any assistant or any, any team member to be to be quite frank, right? You want to get them to a place where you trust that they can do it properly and they understand the steps involved and what they need to do. And so we have people who are scheduling events via email. You know, they understand what's involved, what they need to schedule certain events like depots, they need to subpoena and you need to make sure everybody's available and mediations, you got to be in contact with the mediator's office. These kind of things that you might have a higher level person handling, you might be able to take off that person's plate 
and give it to a virtual assistant to do scheduling and handle the calendar. And maybe there's somebody monitoring them, but that's something that's a huge like chunk of time from doing it myself and from having other team members do it. I mean, scheduling back and forth and back and forth, especially when you're dealing with like a judge. I know we've all had that issue where it's like, I'm available these days. Okay, uh, Leon, let me check with this person. Okay, they're available this day. Oh, okay, well, that one's not available anymore. Let's go back to the calendar. Like, oh my gosh, what a freaking headache. I hate scheduling. But it's something you can have a virtual assistant to do. And I bet you that your other team members will thank you when you bring on someone to do that for them. This is like a somewhat short list of what you can have a virtual assistant do, but it's pretty robust. And these are things that are probably taking up most of your time or most of your small team's time that could be offloaded so you can focus on more important things because it's really like a domino effect, right? So if you're spending your time scheduling and you're spending your time sending follow-ups and drafting, you're not out there growing your business. You're not out there doing the marketing and doing more sales calls and figuring out your sales processes and your internal processes. Or, I mean, even on the flip side, you're not just like enjoying yourself, right? You're not like doing the tasks that your skill set is for and then going and, you know, relaxing and actually enjoying your time. And it's the same for your team members, right? So like if you have a small team, let's say you have an attorney, maybe a few paralegals, if they're spending their time scheduling, they're not spending their time drafting certain motions and reaching out to opposing counsels with information and doing discovery and the things that are a little more substantive that fits their skill level. And I totally believe in the hierarchy of making sure that the work someone is doing is at least 80% of the work somebody is doing is fitting what their skill level is, right? You're not having them do tasks that could be done by somebody at a different level. And I think it's a good place to start offloading from your plate, offloading from your team's plate, see where you can take some simple replicable tasks and move them to a virtual assistant. That's where I would start. That's where I did start, right? A replicable, simple task. I, I started by having my virtual assistant simply help me with that intake process. Like what I was talking about before about the intake process, that's exactly what my VA did for me in the beginning is help me with my intake process because that's all there was. It was just the intake process, right? I didn't have any like existing cases, so to speak, that needed to work on. It was just bringing cases in the door, doing the marketing, doing the intake call, getting the claim started. So I was doing the intake call. I was doing all the marketing, but I had a virtual assistant who was opening up the claim file and making sure we got the contract and drafting those initial documents and doing the filing so that I didn't have to spend my time doing that. And instead, I focused on the highest ROI possible and we ended up signing 100 clients in the first 100 days of being open. So using a virtual assistant when you couldn't otherwise have somebody domestically or full-time, whatever your situation is, cost-effective to be able to hire a virtual assistant can help you catapult forward. Even if you have an existing team, have an existing law firm, using a virtual assistant might give your current team so much more time to be able to focus on higher ROI Things like talking with clients, doing client work, whatever your situation looks like, it could help them do more high level work. And they're going to be thankful that they've got, you know, virtual assistant and it's not a ton out of your pocket. It's not a ton more in, in compensation. Again, very cost effective. As long as you are communicating well with your VAs, because the nature of a virtual assistant 
like I've said in other episodes, is that they are outsourced. So they are typically not in your office. They're typically in other countries, to be honest. You know, they're at a lower cost because there's a lower cost per living wherever they may be. So you have to make sure the doors of communication are very open, that you're training them well, communicating well so that they understand what they're doing and that you are training them adequately because it's not like you can just like waltz down, you know, the hall and start talking to them and say, hey, actually, I need you to do this. You need to make sure you're communicating with them well. But as long as you are communicating well, as long as you have shared values, you know, shared goals, you are treating them like part of the team. Hiring your first virtual assistant will help you catapult forward. I'm telling you, catapult forward so that you and or your team, if you have one, can dive into highest ROI possible and just really push the needle forward. This is the year you're going to hire your first virtual assistant and you are going to focus on unloading what someone else could be doing and focus on what you could be doing best. I'm Laura Britt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to hear more about the behind the scenes of running my multi-million dollar law firm, sign up for the CEO Coffee Chat email series. It's a free email series going out every week talking about not only the practical and the strategy in running a million dollar law firm like I talk about on the podcast, but why I've made the decisions that I've made, why I've done the things that I've done and how they played out in building and running my seven-figure law firm. If you're into that, sign up using the link in my bio on Instagram that is at lawyer.brit, B-R-I-T-T, with two T's, the CEO copy chat with Lawyer Brit. This has been an episode of the Lawyer Brit Podcast, and I cannot wait to see you in the next one. Bye.